0: And thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. With revelational insight, the Archbishop reveals the prayer strategies, tactics, and keys to break limitations and stagnations with stubborn situations in your life. Discover how to break loose and run free from every situation that seems to not be moving. This message will deliver you Discover more to break stubborn cycles at this year's Global Prayer Works Summit in Connecticut, USA. From the 19th to the 22nd of July, register now at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of deliverance for you. Be empowered as you listen. A vow
1: is a game changer. It was because of a vow that Solomon, born out of wedlock, whose mother was not a wife, but came in through a very ungodly circumstances. And God rejected the firstborn from that affair and relationship. The firstborn of Belshazzar, the wife of Urah the Hittite. Whom David took by murdering the husband, premeditated adultery and murder. And God rejected the first son and said, I don't approve of this relationship. And there was two sons who were heirs to the throne, Absalom and Adonijah. For whatever reason, God went back at his promise. And took out of that same affair, the second born, by the name of Solomon, to be king of Israel, and set up Salon and Adonijah, born in the right marriage. Legitimate. Set them aside, and took Solomon, and he bothered me as a young preacher. How can you do that? It's a contradiction. Help me understand Because I don't understand your ways. And I understand that I don't understand what I think I understand. Because your ways are above my ways. And your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Even as the heavens and the earth are above. I need an understanding. Help me understand. I dare not question your doings and your acts and your decision for who is man to question your wisdom, but help me understand what I don't understand.
0: And for years,
1: I battled. I preached, but yet lacked understanding of what I was preaching. Until I saw a scripture, and then it made sense. When I understood the scripture. And that is what I'm about to share with you. That will help you. Because I see a lot of believers in church. Still tithe. Still give. Live right. Pay first fruit and give offerings and love God. And yet have no testimony in their life. And you see situations in their life. And you pray fast. And yet nothing seems to be changing. And you ask yourself, God, what's going on? I grieve. And sometimes I become weary. And I am fatigued. of praying. God, nothing seems to be working till i found what I'm about to preach to you that I believe has a key to answer and unsaid questions on the mind of some of you. A vow. Turn your Bibles please with me. To Psalm 66, verse 13 and 14. Psalm 66, 13 and 14.
2: I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay
1: thee my vows. With burnt offerings means I have no expectation for a harvest on this one. I'm giving this. It's a burnt offering. I don't expect any return whatsoever. You owe me nothing. It's a vow. You owe me nothing on this one. Go ahead. I will pay thee my vows
2: which my lips have uttered and my mouth have spoken when I was in trouble.
1: When I was in trouble. So a vow is a weapon deployed, activated, and engaged, especially in times and in moments of great need and trouble, times of turmoil, and times of adversity. It's a weapon God has made available irrespective of the dispensation we live in and find ourselves in. And ladies and gentlemen, irrespective of what kind of covenant you serve under, whether it's a Mosaic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, Pauline revelation or New Testament, it has nothing to do with dispensations or covenant, nor doctrines. For it is not a doctrine, it is an ordinance. For instance, honoring your father and your mother is not a doctrine, it's an ordinance. Prayer and fastings, it's not a doctrine. It is an ordinance. It is something that is required and expected of all believers. Praise and worship has nothing to do with the dispensation you live in or the covenant you operate under. And people say, well, it was not mentioned in the New Testament. It doesn't have to be mentioned in the New Testament. It is a daily requirement for every believer, irrespective of your dispensation or the covenant under which you live. So it was something that shouldn't and needed not to be emphasized on. But a vow is a game changer. And it's something that works when nothing else works. There are a lot of people sitting here. And you are a son and a daughter of either your father's or your mother's vow. Or you made a vow yourself. And you haven't kept and honored it. And you may be tithing, you may be giving first food, you may be fasting and praying. But your refusal of honoring that vow will turn God against you. And I'll show you. And sometimes it's dangerous when we make vows on the behalf of people. Or we make vows ourselves. And I'll show you three reasons why we don't keep our vows. And how a refuser to keep your vows can turn God against you. And it's a very, very dangerous situation. So let's begin our journey. Come with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 to 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 46, please.
2: When thou vowest a vow
1: unto God, defer not to pay it. He said, don't procrastinate it. Don't defer. Don't say tomorrow. When it is in your power, honor it immediately. As soon as you vow a vow, it ceases to be yours anymore. It's the Lord. And whatever you promise God, I will fast once a week and I will intercede for the church or my nation once a week. And sometimes you honor a vow to your head. I'll show you. The com. That I will show you the consequences of not honoring your vow And the benefits of honoring your vow Go ahead Defend unto it, For he has no pleasure in fools God said if you don't honor your vow And you defer you are a fool And God said I take no pleasure in fools Please go ahead
2: Pay that which thou hast vowed Better is it that thou shouldst not vow Than that thou shouldest vow and not pay Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Mm-hmm. Neither say before the angel that it was an error. Don't say it was a mistake. Wherefore should God be angry at
1: thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands? You see? So sometimes God himself can destroy the works of your hands. And I've seen believers like that. God can destroy the works of your hands. He can destroy your contact, your deals, your transactions. When you don't keep an honor of our God. And it is impossible for me to rebuke God. And for any prayer to go against God when God himself is fighting you. And there are people like that. In the Bible you see then in our time, God can set himself against you. Like for instance, if you're a very proud and very arrogant person, God can resist you. The Bible says God resisted the proud. Now, whose prayer can deliver you when God himself decides to resist you? Nobody can overrule God It's impossible And he said if you make a vow And you don't keep it You turn God against you And you compel God Anger God, provoke God To destroy the works of your hands And there are believers, they tithe, They give offering, first fruit, fast pray, But God is destroying the works of their hands Because they didn't keep their vow It's a sacred thing There are two things that gives voice in heaven Prayer and a vow Echoes in heaven, it doesn't just make noise It echoes in the corridors of heaven It's a very very powerful thing Somebody say "Talk talk to me Let me give you three things why people Don't honor their vow Number one Deception Of Our humanity Deception Of our humanity We are deceived We take it for granted We assume that it doesn't matter, but tell somebody it matters to God. It matters to God. It really does. It matters to God. Number two, ignorance of the consequence of not honoring your vow. They are ignorant of the consequence for not honoring their vows. And it is the reason why so many believers even die prematurely. I mean, there are things that happen that make sense to me as I sit back and think through that People, I have even letters in my office where people made vows and wrote to me to pray on it. And God honored the vow and they haven't kept their side of the bargain. And if you try to remind them, they'll be angry with you to leave the church and go to another church. But it will pursue them, it doesn't matter where they go. And some of them, they will make a vow here and go pay it in another place. It also does not work. I'll show you in the Bible. You can't do that. You vow at a place, you honor the vow where you pray. You made the vow. And a vow is not just money. A vow is many things. You say, God, I will pray. Hmm? I will pray once a week. Or I will fast once a week for the church. I will clean the church house. I will do this. I will do that. It's a commitment. It's a vow you make. If you bring me out, of, if you do this or you do that, I will do this and I will do that. And there, there, there are certain vows that are also very, very, very interesting like the Nazarite vow the Nazarite vow I'm on the vow I operate on the special vow and everybody has their own vows and when my mother took seed of me she bled for four months and Dr. Mante said Florence you're not going to make it you die you are anemic you are bleeding you are weak you can't carry the pregnancy so they perform a D and C Months after the DNC, the stomach kept growing and they find out that apparently we were twins. And one didn't make it and I made it. There was a vow over my head. A vow is a game changer. It works when everything else fails. It's very powerful. It's the highest form of prayer. When you mix prayer with vows, it works. Amen? Come with me please. I know you are very, very quiet today, but I have to get it. Okay, so three things why people don't honor their vow. Deception, ignorance of the consequence. Number three, procrastination. Say procrastination. Say it again, say procrastination. Procrastination. They procrastinate. They say, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next year. Don't wait. As soon as you vow a vow, whatever the commitment is, it is no more yours. If you say every saturday i'll fast and pray that saturday is no more yours you can't do any other thing but to honor that vow on that saturday of your life and i'll show it to you as we go it's a very very serious thing and people play with vows it's very very dangerous to vow it's better not to vow than to vow and not honor it it's very dangerous and i see so many people are struggling in life They are single women and brothers who pray to God, give me a wife, give me a good woman, give me a husband, I will serve you if you give me, I'll do that. And God gives them a husband, and that husband becomes an obstacle and a snare to their service of God. As soon as they get married, they give up their commitment. Wherever in the choir, in ocean department, everywhere. Oh, wait. oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm I'm very busy. You know, I'm busy. I'm in love. I'm busy. Hey. Yeah. Turn to somebody and say, hey. yeah. "You are busy. You are in love." So they leave the choir. They don't do protocol. They don't do. They give up what they used to do, and everything they said to God, they do the opposite of it. That marriage, that relationship is in trouble. It's just a matter of time. It's serious. Mmm. Somebody say, mm. and, and, and you know, the other thing is that people forget. And the reason why they forget is because they are unrighteous. They are unrighteous. To forget is an act of unrighteousness. If you're a righteous person, and you have... If you have... The DNA of righteousness in you. You will not forget. You will remember. And you will do something about what you promised. Hebrews 6.10. Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unrighteous
2: to forget your work and labor of love. Mm-hmm. Which you have showed toward his name. In that
1: you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You see? God is not unrighteous. It means that whenever you forget. You become unrighteous. Tell somebody don't forget your vow. You know that there were three things uh, when you look at Samuel, uh, when you look at Samson. Eh? Samson slept with three women. The first one was not a good woman at all. Okay, looking at the covenant of Israel, he shouldn't have married that woman, but he did. Passion, 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 passion. Looks, attraction, hmm, attraction, and he fell something. There was this inner and deep charisma and starings in his emotions and attraction was there and so many other things that make sense to the natural man. He ended up marrying her and that was a disaster. Second woman, a halot, a Lansing's halot. Everybody knew her in town. Samson, a man under a vow, a Nazarite, a deliverer of Israel, heavily anointed, went with her. And he was still anointed. He didn't lose his anointing. God didn't turn against him. But the third one was the problem. The third one was a hired assassin. Her name was Delilah. And a Delilah is not just a woman. A Delilah can be anything that overrides your will. An addiction. A Delilah can be nicotine. Or we, we. Yeah. Hi. Cloud nine. Delilah. It can be alcohol can be cocaine, all kinds of drugs. Let me not go into that. And it was the third one who realized that, you know something, this guy, he's sinning and God is not paying attention. There is something that gives him immunity even against sin. I need to break that code. So she pestered them, pestered them, pestered them, pestered them, push and push and push to the point where the Bible says she vexed him to death. Hey! Men, when a woman can vex you to death, don't run, flee. But something, something, and hear me, when men refuse, To obey the voice of God And rather decide to obey the voice of their wives or a woman because of love They have compromised and endangered The safety and security of their family and generations yet unborn That was what Adam Hacking to the voice of his wife And ceded the dominion mandate And the inheritance of humanity to Satan it's in my book. Prayer moves God. Then the Bible said, and Abraham harking to the voice of his wife, Sarah, Ishmael, al ISIS. That's is where they came from. And that battle is not going to end till Jesus comes. Because of love, he harking to the voice of his wife for love. And I'm saying that to sisters too. Sister, 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 use your head first. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Make sure he's a man That has a good head and a good heart Because if he has a good head And he doesn't have a good heart He can be brilliant but he won't treat you right If he doesn't have a good heart And if he has a good heart and he doesn't have a good head He'll be lazy You have to work to support the family But he's good, he's a good man He treats you well but he's lazy Has no innovation no sense of creativity or productivity. You pay all the bills. There'll always be problems. Come with me. Let's look at some of the consequences of not honoring your vow. Acts chapter five, one to eleven. Acts five one to eleven. Quickly.
2: But a certain man named Ananias, with <laughs> Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And to to give back part of the price of the land? To
1: lie to the Holy Ghost. You see, that is not a sin that is forgiven. You don't lie to the Holy Ghost. You will not be forgiven. It's a very, very serious one. That sin is not forgiven. Very serious. So when you make a vow, you vow to the Holy Spirit. And then too, People hold back. They hold back. They don't bring all. The Bible says, you've robbed me in tithes and in offerings. They bring all. And some bring half or some. They hold back. Tell somebody, don't hold back. Anything. That due, That is due God. That is due God. Don't do it. Go ahead.
2: Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou... come? Conf- conceived this thing in thine heart thou hast not lied unto men but unto God.
1: You see your heart so you can make a vow in your heart okay in your heart right.
2: And a nurse, hearing these words fell down and gave up the ghost and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young man arose wound him up and carried him out and buried him and it was about the space of three hours after when his wife not knowing what was done came in And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the
1: land for so much. You see, Peter wanted to verify whether she would speak the truth or not. And she also lied. Why did she lie? She withheld something. And there are a lot of people in church like that. When it comes to tithing and giving to God, they always won't do what they vow, what they promise. They don't pay correct tithes. They withhold some and bring some. And it's against the ordinance. It's against the ordinance. Go ahead.
2: And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? You see, the Holy Spirit, to tempt the Holy Spirit. Behold, the feet of them which have buried thine husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband and great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as had these
1: things you see some of you may not physically die some are physically died but some of you may not physically die but you kill something something will die in your life and I can't emphasize on that I don't like emphasizing negative things so I won't do that but It can kill a lot of things in your life. It can kill affection, love, passion, strategic relations. It can cause things to die that must be alive in your life. Amen. Let's move on because of time. Let's look at another individual, a character we must look at, of consequences of not paying and honoring your vow. Jonah chapter 2, 7 to 10.
2: When my soul fainted within me, I remembered
1: the Lord. Uh Aha and remembered, so he forgot the Lord. You can't forget God. You can still be in church and forget God. I know people like that. I've seen people who made commitment for political offices when they were running, they'll make promises. When I win, I will serve God. I will do this for the kingdom. I'll do this. I'll help the church. They make all kinds of comment. and Then God honors it and they get into office. They come into power. You don't even see them in church. And anytime you check, oh, Papa, 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 God is good, but Papa, I'm busy. You see, Papa, I'm busy. I'm busy. You see, last week I was in, uh, I was in Dubai and the following week I was in China. And you know, I'm going to... To Japan and I'm meeting I'm going to uh, Buckingham Palace I'm meeting the Queen and I just see them and the apostles come and I just look at them and I laugh and I say look at him and he had forgotten that he's just four years maximum eight years and he's gone and I've seen them rise and I've seen them fall and their vow means nothing they don't keep it. They don't even come to church. And when they come to church, they come just at the time before we close, 30 minutes before we close. They hang at, they hang at the back. And as soon as service is over, they drive their car. boom, And they are gone. Their they they phone is always busy. And they themselves are very busy. Eh? Turn to somebody and say, Eh? Go ahead.
2: When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord and I my remember prayer, the Lord. Go ahead. And my prayer came in unto
1: thee uh-huh. into thy He holy wasn't campaign. praying. He forgot the Lord and He wasn't even praying. There are so many of us when God remembers us after we've made the vine, He has honored his side of the bargain, we stop praying and we forget him and we stop praying. We have no prayer alive. We don't even pray before we eat. We don't pray before we go to bed. And that's why some of you have nightmares. Let's go ahead. <laughs>
2: They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy.
1: You know what a lying vanity is when you procrastinate. When you submit to deception, the lie of the enemy. And you don't do what is required of you. You you, you deface. You say, oh God understands. He doesn't understand why you should disobey him. He doesn't understand why you should not honor your vow and the deal between you and him. He doesn't. And when I was a young preacher, this thing about Jonah really disturbed me for many years, so I wasn't preaching it. And the thing that disturbed me was, I was saying that, God, why are you troubling this man? You want him to go to Nineveh and to preach. And you can't override the will of man. That's why Adam and Eve could sin. And they face the consequence of their sin. And so, if you can't override our will, why are you forcing the guy to go to Nineveh and preach when he is refusing to go? Is it a force? Why don't you use somebody else? But, the understanding came to me years after. When I remembered the prayers of this guy Jonah, the answer to my unanswered question was in the prayer. Watch it. Look at it. Look at it.
2: But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and I will pay that I have vowed. Mm -hmm. Salvation is of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry
1: land. You see? Some of you, and you've been swallowed up. Turn to somebody and say, what have swallowed you up? Some of you, your things have been swallowed up. Your joy, your peace, your break. It's been swallowed up. I'm telling you. Because of an issue of a vow. God, if you give me this job, I will win souls for you. I will bring a soul every man to church. I will testify of your goodness. I will win the people in my office and God gave you the job. And you haven't even invited one soul to church or even had time to tell them your testimony and who you are. You violated the vow. You tell me. Hmm? Jonah. God was pursuing Jonah because he was under a vow to go anywhere. God, I will go anywhere you send me. I hear people make some vows. Oh. You can be slain by the words of your mouth. Do you know how we are going to be judged? You are not going to be judged by the sin you committed. You will be judged by your words. What you said. Condemned by your words. Justified by your words. What have you said that you haven't honored it? In your heart. Long life is a reward of honoring your father and your mother. Financial breakthrough and blessing is a reward of obedience to the covenant. It's not prayer or fasting. Prayer and fasting will release power to enforce the manifestation of your obedience. There are people who vow, who clean the church, who clean the bathroom, the toilets. And something happened and they were offended and they were hurt. And therefore, they stopped honoring their commitment. They won't do it anymore. They've given it up. Whatever commitment, you made, keep it. Amen. Come with me, please. So Jonah was released from the belly of the fish when he remembered his vow. And he said, I will pay that which I vow. God said, he's come to himself. Leave him alone. Until then, God pursued him. Don't let God pursue you. And I know people, I see signs and I can tell that God is fighting some people. Because it doesn't matter the prayer, I know how to pray. And the demands and the declarations, nothing seems to be working. Because they have broken a vow. They made themselves. And it's between them and God. Nobody knew this situation. It was only Jonah that knew that he was under a vow. And it was between him and God. And it was when he said I will pay that which I vowed then God commanded the fish and said now that he's come to himself, vomit him out. Carduba Hasuda. Let's look at another situation here. The benefits of a vow. One consequence of a vow and then let's, let's look at the benefit of a vow. Come with me to Judges eleven thirty 30 to 39. Judges eleven thirty 30 to 39. Let's run through these scriptures because of time.
2: And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt with, without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands. Then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from arrow even till thou come to Mineth. Even twenty cities and unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. that the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mishpah unto his house. And behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances. And she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low. And thou art one of them that trouble me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which, thou, that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. For as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even the children of Ammon, And she said unto her father, let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months that I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, go. And he sent her away for two months And she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father who did with her according to his vow which he had vowed. And she knew no man. And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. Four days
1: in a year. Somebody say difficult. Somebody say heavy, heavy. You see, he had to keep to his word. It was a vow. He couldn't go back. His only daughter. He had to offer her up to God. She wasn't killed like in the case of Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was not killed. God provided a lamb in place of Isaac. She was not killed. She she wasn't slaughtered. She was given to the house of God and she did not marry. She didn't have a child. And he had no legacy after that. She was not hers. She wasn't his anymore from that day when she came back after the two months. She belonged to the Lord and the house of the Lord. She had no claim and demands whatsoever over her. She was the Lord's and whatever the Lord wishes to do with her that was what she became because she had made a vow. She, he could not go back at his word because God has committed himself and delivered for him and he had to deliver irrespective of the contrary. he couldn't have said God you understand he's my only daughter. God my only daughter my only daughter my only daughter God you understand He doesn't understand. If you make a vow, he expects you to be courageous enough to honor your vow. And I need you to set your heart. I can't tell you what to do if you made a vow. Look at Genesis 28. 20 to 22. I want you to see some of the benefits. 20 to 28, 20 to 28, Genesis.
2: And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in Uh the... In this way that i go Mm -hmm. and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that i come again to my father's house in peace then shall the lord be my god and this stone which i have set for a pillar shall be god's house and of all that thou shalt give me
1: i will surely give the tenth unto thee you see this was an ordinance part of the covenant which abraham his grandfather fulfilled And his father Isaac fulfilled. In his day, he said, I will activate the same covenant. But I need you through this vow to keep me. Food to eat, raiment, protect me. Give me a safe passage. Bless me, prosper me, be with me. Bring me back here. And it was a vow he made. And he said, I will surely, I won't withhold anything. Don't withhold anything that is due God based on a vow. Don't do it. I'm telling you. Look at Genesis 31 and verse 13. Genesis 31 and verse 13.
2: I am the God of Bethel.
1: Uh-huh. Look at it, the God of Bethel.
2: Where thou anointest the pillar,
1: uh-huh.
2: and where thou vowest a vow unto me.
1: Where you vowed a vow unto me, not unto Archbishop or Bishop or the church, but unto me. Whenever you make a vow, it's between you and God. Don't say, I told Papa or the church. It's a vow. You see, when Paul said, woe, is me if I preach not the gospel, it used to bother me. Until some time, I understood that the guy was a man under a vow. And he knew the implication. He said, woe, is me if I preach not the gospel. Sometimes I don't even want to preach. And it's not about wanting to preach. I am under a vow. It is a necessity laid upon me. And I have to do whether I like it or not because I'm under a vow. That's what it is. Somebody said, well, I have to be happy to do it. Who told you happiness? Happy to do what? It nothing to do with happiness. It has to do with what you said. You think God loved it and liked it when he laid his Son on the cross and he saw him die? He made a vow and he kept his vow. It's very difficult. And God came to him when he was in trouble. In reference to his vow, he said, I have come to you to save you, to help you. In reference to the vow you made to me. And I'll bring you out with a blessing. To fulfill your vow. Whatever the vow is. Some of you when you were in school. You made vows. God if you bless me. If I graduate. If I come out. If I travel out. When I come back. I will serve you. I will do this. And you have come back. And you have no commitment to God or the things of God. You are forgotten. And you even fight God. And you fight his work. And you don't understand why Suddenly. Everything is going wrong with you. Don't tempt God by not honoring your vow. You tempt God when you don't honor your vow. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 2.
2: What my son and what the son of my
1: womb and what the son of my vow. Stop there. You see, the Bible never told us what the vow was. But this woman called Belsheba, this woman was deep. She saw that Solomon was disadvantaged because he was born out of wedlock. And there was no way Solomon can have an inheritance because Adonijah, Adonijah and Absalom were all ahead of Solomon. The Bible didn't tell us what he did, but he made a vow. And we, we were never told up to today the terms of the vow. But that vow gave Solomon An advantage over Adonijah An advantage over Absalom And took him from nowhere To somewhere From nothing to somebody From the back to the front Where Adonijah And Absalom Set aside And literally have to die In the process And the one that was disadvantaged Born out of a wedlock Sat on the throne And the mother said Solomon what? had thou not the son of my womb and the son of my vow? And the Bible never told us what the vow was. But that vow provoked God to override the rights of Adonijah and Absalom and put Solomon from nowhere on the throne. Hey! If you are clapping, please clap. If you are clapping. And please shout, please shout. Somebody say, hey! hey. Say a vow. A game changer. Don't be afraid of a vow. Never be afraid to make a vow. But when you do, honor it. Come with me. Because of time, let me download quickly. Come with me to First Samuel chapter 1. Verse 11 to 21.
2: And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid mm-hmm. and remember me.
1: And remember me, you see. Remember me, which means that God has forgotten her in this particular area. I'm telling you. And don't subject it to reasoning. And those of you who are theologians, don't try to argue it out with me. It's just what the Bible says, and I'm taking it as it is. I'm not going to subject it to any kind of Bible interpretation. The Bible says that God had forgotten. She said remember. Means God had forgotten her in this particular area. In other areas she was remembered but in this particular area God had forgotten her. Why? We will see as time goes on. But before this vow, the Bible says she went year after year after year and she prayed all kinds of prayers to the point where she got to the prayers of agony, Where the Prophet said she was drunk. Different kinds of prayers. And God refused to answer any of the prayers. None of the prayers worked. The game changer. Was when she made the vow. She came to a time in her life. And she said God. I prayed every prayer faster. I've done everything. It's not working. Now let's cut a deal. You're a deal maker. And, and God said okay what is this? She said. Have a preacher here It's like it's into my head Before I say something She said God let's make a deal 50-50 returns And 50-50 You want a prophet I need a son So give me a son I'll give him to you as a prophet 50-50 God said it's a deal Say it's a deal Somebody say it's a deal It was after that The miracle came before then, God ignored her. And God can choose to ignore your prayers. I'm telling you. If what you're asking for does not benefit his church, and does not advance his agenda, he has the right to ignore your prayers. I'm telling you, he can. He's God all by himself. I'm telling you, if he doesn't glorify him, and it's about your glory and not his glory, he can refuse to answer it.
2: Go ahead. If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget your handmaid, Uh but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. She
1: was specific,
2: a man-child. Specific. Right. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. All the
1: days of his life. She made him a Nazarite before she was born. Before even she took seed of him, she had already determined the destiny of the son. And it had nothing to do with the father and the son had no say in the matter mothers are powerful i'll preach a message on mothers they have some power that is scary she can cut a deal over your head and you can't run from it when they went home elkanah was making love she was making a prophet And Elkanah had no idea of what was going on. He had no idea. He just thought he was enjoying the wife. And the woman said, You don't even know what I'm talking about. This is not by enjoyment of you. You are just being used as a vehicle. Give me the seed. Let me give it to God. Women are deep. Let's go ahead. Before I preach a message on women.
2: And there shall no razor come upon his head. You see, no razor on his head. And that's all right. Uh huh. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord That Eli marked her mouth Now Hannah she spoke In her heart Only her lips moved Her heart her heart. So you can make a vow in your heart But her voice was not heard Uh Then Eli thought she had She had been drunken Uh And Eli said unto her How long will thou be drunken Uh Put away thy wine from thee And Hannah answered and said No my Lord I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. Mm -hmm. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, Mm -hmm. but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. Mm -hmm. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that Mm -hmm. thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. Uh And they arose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord. And returned and came to the house, to the house, to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. You see, and the Lord what? Remembered her. And the Lord what?
1: Remembered her. So God chose to forget her. That means to ignore her. He can do it. He's God by himself. He can ignore you. Unless you are serving his purpose. He can choose to ignore you. And yet you are a child of God. Is it his right to do that. I've been there before. Where for years I was preaching. And I never felt his presence. I would fast and pray. And I, I'm, I was dry. And I couldn't feel him. I will worship and I wasn't feeling him. I was binding. I was losing, And I wasn't feeling him. He pulled back from me. And I struggled for all those years. I was preaching. Things were happening. And I didn't have the present and the oil wasn't there. Until one day, he said, I pulled back from you for a season. And you did not turn away from me. Therefore, have I returned unto you. And whether I fasted or I prayed, all I have to do is to open my mouth. And the oil begins to flow. Are you hearing me, somebody? He can choose to ignore you. These are preachings for, for, for mature people. It's not for any Christian. I'm telling you. Actually, here we preach things that are heavy. And the Lord remembered her. They went home and they made love. And Elkanah was making love. And she was making a prophet because she was under a vow. They hear me, look at the contradiction and the circumstances and the complications surrounding her ability to honor the vow. At the time of honoring the vow, the man that would raise the son and teach him how to be a prophet was rejected by God. And the glory of God had departed from him, Elkanah, I mean Eli, and he was Ikabu, Eli was Ichabod, the glory had departed there was stigma shame scandal on the house of God and on Eli and there was no replacement at that time to raise Samuel and the mother couldn't raise him and Samuel was not hers he was God and belonged to the temple and I could see friends and loved ones coming to say, what is wrong with you are you out of your mind the man, whom God has rejected, and the glory has departed from him. God has given you the chance not to honor this vow. Why do you have to take the child, the only son you have, your only breakthrough? You need this thing the most, and you are going to give him to who? Elkanah? a failure, a disappointment, a proverb, a byword in town. Hannah, God even understands why you shouldn't honor this commitment. He's the only son. What guarantee do you have? That if you give him to God, you have another son. What is wrong with you? Take him to another temple, another church somewhere else. Another man of God. But this was where she made the vow. And she took the son. And went and gave the son to the very man whom God had forsaken and rejected. And listen to it. Look at the training of this young man. Samuel went to Eli and said sir, did you call me and Eli said no, I didn't call you so he came again and said sir, did you call me? he said no, I didn't call you he said when you hear the voice again, it's Elohim speaking but he has to use my voice because there is no replacement yet I'm the the vehicle, I'm the instrument because God don't just work in the air. He works through a human vessel. He speaks through a human voice. And I'm the only voice that is known as his voice in town. The only vehicle, the only flight that moves in this particular geographical location. And therefore, he has to use my voice to reach you until you know his voice. Then he will switch from my voice to yours. Then you become the voice of God. But now I am the voice. So when you hear the voice, say Master, speak. Tell me what you want me to know. For thy servant, here is, the man that was rejected, whom God had forsaken, was the very instrument that was used to train Samuel to become a prophet. You have to be careful, even when God forsakes people, that you don't judge them and reject them. After God, forsook Saul king of Israel and he pursued David for 24 times to assassinate David and when David had opportunity to cut the hem of his garment he said and my heart break me and said I cannot I was afraid to touch the anointed of the Lord How can he call Saul the anointed of the Lord When God had forsaken Saul and anointed him He realized that it wasn't in his power To touch Saul Even though God had forsaken Saul And you know why? When he sinned and killed Uriah Joab and his mighty men didn't kill him Because they watched and saw the example When it was in in his power To kill Saul He did not kill Saul So when it was in their power to kill him They said, "Mm mm-mm He's still the Lord's anointed. Let us not touch him. Let the Lord deal with him. You reap. You reap what you sow. I'm telling you. Be not deceived for God is not mocked whatsoever a man or a woman sows. That he shall also reap. Don't be fools. There are consequences in life. You reap good things and bad things however you treat people. And other people's children, that is the way you'll be treated and your children will be treated. When you show mercy, you reap mercy. You show forgiveness, you see forgiveness. Love, you reap love. You show hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness. That is what will come back to you. Your input determines your output. Inflow and outflow. Hmm? Now hear this before I close. Hannah. Went against all the contradictions and didn't listen to friends and families and loved ones. Did not listen to what anybody said, but paid that vow and gave that son to God because that was her vow. Honored it under very strange circumstances. I know some of you, you make vows and when you see me dressed, you think that it is your money. So you hold it back. This was the benefit. When Hannah gave The son Samuel She had Five children, three sons Two daughters She didn't pray for, she didn't ask for She didn't vow for What was the five children she had? The five children They Were the benefits Results Reward outcome. Of her obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If they will be, if they will be obedient, he said, if they obey me and serve me, they will live. They will live their days and their years in pleasures and in prosperity. And look at this scripture, Job, Job chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-seven to twenty-nine, and stand on your feet, Job twenty-two. 27 to 29.
2: Thou shalt make thy prayers unto him, and he shall hear thee, mm-hmm. and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, mm-hmm. and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Mm-hmm. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, There is a lifting up,
1: and he shall save the humble person. Look at me. Look at me. Tell somebody, mix your prayers with a vow. Tell God if you do this for my husband If you do this for my wife If you give me a husband Tell God And make sure That you keep your promise Because God will do it A vow gives you a fast track It accelerates Your desires It's a game changer I dare you Pay your vow Make a vow Watch God do something that will blow your mind.
0: We know you are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.mdwministriesonline.com ndwministries.org, or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one one one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today, and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.